Hey everybody, welcome back to The Artist Files. I'm your host, John Marvin Scott, and let's just dive right in. This podcast has been such an amazing, awesome experience for me. It's been a really great pleasure to be able to do these last two episodes and to have such great people be on them. Shout out to Ryan Marchant and Colin Langstrat for being my first two interviewees on The Artist Files. They both have these really awesome, intricate, personal perspectives on art and life and music and it was just really refreshing to hear all all of their knowledge and all of their opinions and every every time I listen to one of these people talk they, they always have one sentence that inspires me and that sticks out to me and I think that's what I'm gonna end up having is a big collection of a couple of different quotes from a bunch of these artists and it is really inspiring and I'm really excited to continue to be inspired. Well, right now we're on the third episode of The Artist Files and I'm really excited about this next interviewee. He's one of my really great friends and we went to college together. And let me describe this person to you. The third interviewee for The Artist Files is a really good friend of mine, like I said before and his name is Connor Hoppenbrowers. Connor is a classical vocalist and a upright and electric bass player from Edmonton, Alberta. I met, I met Connor in the fall of 2015, I believe, and um, he was one of the only bass players or upright bass players I'd ever met in my entire life. And it was really, really interesting to watch his journey over the next two years that we were, we were friends and well, the first two years of our friendship, it was really, really interesting to watch his journey kind of expand and to unfold. And um, it was really inspiring to watch him then. And talking to Connor with this interview, it was really inspiring to just hear what he had to say. I really hope you look forward to listening to my interview with Connor Hoppenbrowers. Hello. Hello. Okay, let's let's get started for the second time. <laughs> so yeah, the first time we did this, we got disconnected. Poor signal, I suppose. So we're gonna dive in for round two. So um, basically, what we're gonna talk about is your artistic journey throughout. Why you do what you do, and what makes you want to do what you do. Cool. It's going to be really fun, man. So, yeah. first of all, how are you doing? I'm doing really good. Um, good, man. Yeah, the, like, being out here in Edmonton, going to the U of A. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm making some huge strides with my voice this year, and I'm just, I'm really excited to get back in there in, in the fall and just keep on keeping on. Absolutely, dude. I'm so excited for school to start. Right? <laughs> yeah, Summer always. sucks. Yeah, totally would agree. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so basically, first question I have is uh why did why did you start doing music? Like what what sparked that like fire in you at a young age? Yeah. Um Well, yeah, it's not that anybody in my family was particularly musical, but uh my my dad would always play CDs like in just in the, the living room whenever, just whenever. Um, so you just got exposed to it, whether you wanted to or not. A um, bunch of 80s hair metal and like rock and roll groups and a little bit of like Black Sabbath. Um, and so that was like, there was always music around. And then when I was in the eighth grade a buddy of mine his dad was a was a guitar player and he was talking about starting to play guitar and i don't know it sounded kind of cool and this was the time this was the like in the same year the guitar hero 3 came out so everybody and their dog wanted to do what you could do with this video game and so yeah he just kind of inspired me to to go out and buy a guitar and try and do the thing and yeah since then it was kind of like no looking back I tried guitar and then I I tried 
electric bass and then upright bass. And, and then that took me into, into singing. That's a pretty crazy jump too, you know, uh, upright bass to, to voice. Yeah. It would, it's been interesting. Like I still try and do both as much as I can. I recently did a, a show with, uh, um, a couple of a chorus and a full orchestra here in Edmonton for artists for life. Um, it was the, it was this musical stage opera of uh, the story of Harvey Milk, the first openly gay San Francisco Senator. Whoa. That yeah. It's so a, cool. It's a cool little piece of music and it's not super long, but yeah, it's uh, it, it was so did that. I played bass for that. And uh, yeah, this year was a, a whirlwind of vocal ensembles and stuff. So trying to trying to keep them both up. Absolutely. Well, it's kind of cool. You actually answered my second question. It's more I was kind of going on about what you're working on right now. And it seems like you're you're keeping some pretty heavy vocal stuff. You're doing some pretty pretty cool bass stuff. Is there anything else that you're uh, that you're working on? Yeah, I've been picking up guitar more again lately. Um, I want to start working on like, I don't know, just like my plan for it. It's in the very early stages right now. Um, my plan for it is to just be like as simplistic melodically as it can be, but then have like layered grooves where each one between like each other instrumentalist, drums, bass, guitar, anybody else they're like unique enough to be their own part, but they layer together and just like puzzle piece together into a new thing. Um, just make something funky and groovy and interesting and intricate, but easy to listen to. Totally. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the goal with all of it, but it's, it's just something that I've been tooling around with in my head. And then, uh, yeah, I've, uh, as of right now, I've recently been brought on to Edmonton Opera as a chorus member for their one of their shows this season. Um, and then I'm doing a couple other student recitals throughout the year. Um, and that's just what I have as of right now. I'm sure that's going to expand as the months go on. Totally. Probably going to pick up a fair bit even in the next year. Oh, yeah. That's the plan. If I can... I can just kind of throw myself out there and get people to know my name and know that I'm decent at what I do, then maybe they'll throw some cash my way and we'll get some gigs. But. Absolutely. Yeah. It's saying, Hey, I do this thing pretty good. <laughs> don't pay me an exposure, please. <laughs> I don't have the right account. I don't have, it's I don't just, have an, ex I don't have an exposure bucks account. Yeah. There's just a thing with my e-transfer. It only works with real money. <laughs> what a shame <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> oh yeah that's hilarious oh so um i guess the next question is just about talking about your journey so really as as a to, to put it in a funny way i guess you, you really started music with guitar hero 3 and then yeah. just went from there <laughs> yeah in a sense i totally did like Man, I could rip at that game. I was so good. And then I picked up a real guitar, and it was not the same. Dude, and I, it, can't, I can't play Guitar Hero. I I'm really bad. I've tried so many times, and it's not the same. Um, but yeah, it just, I don't know, that got me into it. And then I, I bought a guitar, and I fiddled around on it for, for, I don't know, six to eight months. And uh, I was trying that whole teach yourself thing. Um, and I went for my first guitar lesson and I learned more in my first guitar lesson than in the eight months before. Uh, so I've because of that, I've been a big advocate of like find a teacher, learn it right type of a thing. Um, mm. Like some people can totally get away without doing that and they're geniuses in their own right. It wasn't for me, but uh, yeah, I did that. And then, yeah, I switched over to bass uh, when I was in grade nine. I had joined a guitar class that was kind of alongside a band class. And the teacher came up to me and was like, well, we need a, we need a bass player. They're kind of the same things. Do you want to give it a try? And I did. And I fell in love with the low end. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. And that took me into high school where I went to, to play electric bass in the concert band there. And they handed me this giant violin that was the upright bass. It was super daunting, but then that took over my life. Um, yeah. yeah. In the summer of grade 10, I went to this band camp. Uh, it was like two weeks. It was actually in Red Deer. Um, uh, it was at like the, the college campus. And uh, at the end of that, like two weeks, like 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. days, I just knew that it was going to be the only thing that mattered after that. Just getting to be like my whole day was devoted to practicing and just improving and then getting together with like a group of a hundred kids and just making some incredible sounds. Um, and all of us were, weren't even at like a university level or a collegiate level. So it just, it showed like the boundlessness of it and just how it's kind of all in your hands. And I was just struck from that moment on. Then I went, uh, I did all that through high school. And then I went uh, right after high school to McEwen because I was going to be a jazz bass player. Mm-hmm. And then I found out very quickly that I didn't just want to be a jazz bass player. So I, I dropped out of there and uh, took, took a couple of years off, still took lessons. I was trying to decide whether or not I wanted to be like a classical bassist or a, or a jazz bassist. And singing was always kind of in the back of my mind, but I'd had no experience with it at that point. So I just kind of went through with it. Um, and eventually it took me down to Red Deer College and I did one term of Red, uh, at Red Deer on, uh, on upright bass. And uh, then one of the, one of my colleagues approached me and was like, you should really try singing. And after speaking with an instructor, they just told me that uh, if you're going to do this, you should try and do it right. And so I changed my major, which was way too hectic all on its own. That's like a summer's worth of, of catching up lessons and, and just brutal. Oh, stick with the major you have unless you're totally certain. But I mean, it brought me great joy. So I don't think I would deter anybody. Um, (laughs) And then, yeah, I did the rest of Red Deer uh, singing and playing bass for a lot of ensembles. Um, And, and then uh, it came time to kind of choose where to go after that. And I picked the U of A and I got just an amazing teacher and I got these like incredible opportunities to perform on stage. And like, we do a whole staged opera every year. And it, uh, it was really eye opening to me again, like just reaffirming after I got off stage from the first night of doing the opera, I just knew I was where I was meant to be. It was, it was just a feeling that I can't put into words and it was magical. I totally understand that. That's actually really cool. You know, mm-hmm. the, um, we, sometimes we forget about like how much we love something. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. It can become the mundane slog of like, man, I really like music, but I, I just don't know if I'm going to be able to get up into the practice room today. And sometimes you got to just push yourself through it to get to it. And then once it's there, it's, it's, it's like, it's nothing. Exactly. It's like I was uh, I was talking when I was talking to Colin, I was talking about trying about composing and trying to uh, to find a chord on the piano. And um, I was like getting frustrated with myself about trying to find this chord. And I was like, man, you know what? Like, what am I doing? And then I think I'm like, you know what? If I was doing anything else, I that would be so not what I want you know I'd rather sit so frustrated at a piano and figure out a chord than do anything else and you know it just finding a little something small like that to to reaffirm I think that's really important and like you said even coming off of a show is 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 that important yeah yeah like and the show didn't go amazing like there was a bunch of hiccups 
but even for like how much how much messed up and and who forgot their lines and who came in early and it it's still just enlightened in me this incredible sense of like that was the greatest thing that I can do and I'm going to try and do it again as much as possible. Absolutely. You know, like going on, on stage and just saying, you know, don't it's, it's since music is so expressive, it's, it's being in that, in that like present moment of saying whatever I do right now is what I do right now. And then when I get off that stage, you know, I'll, I'll practice it again. And when I, when I play it again, that's how I play it this time, you know? And that, that, um, that idea of, not really not say not judging yourself but just allowing yourself to be in that creative moment is amazing oh yeah it's it's a totally new experience like i get that more that like the in the moment experience i feel it way more viscerally when when i'm playing with like a jazz combo like if it's just me and uh and an accompanist and they're playing piano for me like i still want to have that bond but it I don't know. There's something more like regimented, like, Oh, you're doing this and I'm doing this. But in, in jazz, what I like is that everyone can kind of change roles and, and flip and flop in between certain things. Yeah, totally. It, like it, everybody can, everybody is, you're more or less communicating as opposed to playing a, a, a pre-composed thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it, it is because of that, like communication in the moment of like, all right, you're playing that. I'm listening. I'm doing my thing too, but I'm 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 listening to what you're doing and you're listening to me and we're all looking at each other and it's and it's getting great and and it's just this weird interconnection that like nothing can break in that moment unless things go so wrong, but they usually don't. <laughs> yeah, I remember playing with our old combo the 5/7 and I remember just like all of us like looking being like we're here now. We're doing this. And yeah. we're here. <laughs> that was that was kind of what was great about Red Deer. Like, we weren't by any means, like, uh, we weren't, like, young jazz prodigies. But we also weren't, like, just stepping into our big kid shoes. <laughs> exactly. And, and the scene out there really, really let you just give it a go. <laughs> Yeah, that's what Red Deer was all about. Like, the music scene was so good for was just saying it was. It's really open. It's saying you're doing something. Let's hear it. Yeah, it, like just even like the venues will all host a a multitude of different genres of people, and and there's there's kind of a place for everybody. It's it's really incredible. I I totally agree. So let's uh, that's a pretty cool journey. You know, I was and you know I have a question in the back of my mind that leads into my next question. So it's um. Since we start at Guitar Hero 3 and end with you singing as a chorus member in an opera, mm-hmm. we, have to, we have to talk about your influences as an artist because that range is, is obnoxious. <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. No, absolutely. That's a super strange thing to put into perspective on someone. Um, <laughs> there's, like, it's drawing from so much, just like with my... I don't want to be this guy, but like, oh, but because it's come from so much, I can draw from so many different places. Exactly. No, but it's just, I, I kind of like experiencing as much as I can um, and trying to take something from everything. Like, um, for a long time, like my biggest influence was, was Stevie Ray Vaughan. Just like, he may not have been the best, like theoretical player, and he kind of stuck to one key and in one, like two of his songs are just re-lyriced. They're the exact same riffs in them. And, but it's the amount of soul and passion that he, that he puts into his music and you can feel it. And there's, there's so much out there like that, like in a, in a grand opera, like, um, any of them like in in any of the Wagner stuff or even in the earlier Mozart there's just these emotions that are being passed back and forth and and they're playing off the crowd so it's like part and part to the creator part and part to the performer there's there's so many different inspirations um 
Yeah, it's it's really hard to pinpoint it on specific people. Like obviously with my bass playing, uh, Jaco Pastorius, um, the guy from Tower of Power whose name I am totally blanking on currently. Um, there's Peter McLeod, who was a, an interesting, he plays in ska bands, but the way he kind of does accompaniment, he'll like, it's almost like a walking bass line, but it's more chordal. It's very interesting. Wow. Uh, yeah, no, it's a really neat thing to check out. Um, and then uh, I, I like more recently what people like Thundercat are doing, like just a whole album with he's on bass and then there's like a pianist, a drummer and like a string player. And they just create background to let him do what he wants. And they trade on and off, but it's like a neat jazz singer songwriter medium that I don't think very often. Um, And then in singing, it's just kind of defined by my voice type. Like, I look up to two really big baritones, uh, Bryn Terfel, who's a Welsh baritone who was just knighted, actually. Wow. Uh, yeah. And he started doing Mozart roles, and then now he's retired them and has moved on to bigger roles like Wagner. Um, and there's a guy who passed away earlier this year. His name is Dmitry Horsvatovsky. Um, he was an uh, incredible, incredible baritone. Um, he was also super ripped, but I, that doesn't add to your singing or take away from it. Um, but yeah, he uh, he passed away, and that was really sad for the whole opera community. Um, yeah, people like them, people like uh, Tracy Dahl, like mm-hmm. she's pretty incredible. She's out of uh, Winnipeg, and yeah, Winnipeg, Manitoba. She, uh, I saw her in concert. And halfway through a song, she just went, nope, that was wrong, and just restarted, which for most musicians would be a, a really big, like, uh, blunder moment. But she just took it with such, like, I'm not going to perform this unless I do this to the best ability, and that wasn't that, so we have to start over. And then she just had the crowd in the palm of her hand again. It was incredible. If I can even have half that confidence on stage, I'll be a superstar. Wow. That's unreal. Yeah. So, yeah, then, like, that's just a few. Like, I'm always trying to to take inspiration from, from anything I hear. Like, I was listening to the Beach Boys earlier today, and I just, I love their vocal harmony that they pop in, and just where they tend to put it just makes me, makes me happy, makes my ear happy. Um, then there are other like just solo singer songwriters who just the way that they sing and the way that they play their instrument can just hit you at its core. At the end of the day, it just kind of comes down to emotions. Like how does this make you feel and why, why do you like it because of that? I, I totally agree. You know, I think, I think the idea that, that you, that you can take inspiration from any kind of music is, is so important because you you can't all in all at the end of the day regardless of whether you're a huge theory nerd like myself or you're just like or you're a guy who plays blues and you rock blues super hard it's all just music you know you you just do that regardless of of what you do right and yeah it's just it's it's amazing it's really cool like even um Earlier today, I was listening to Periphery, which is like a huge, like progressive metal with gent style band. And then yeah. I was listening to Sonny Rollins on the way home, which is like saxophone <laughs> colossus. You know, I don't, I don't, I, I try not to limit myself, and I, I've limit, I've limited myself in the past for music I didn't like. And even in in the first episode of this podcast, Ryan put it best. He just said, "Why would you put so much effort into not liking something?" I was like, yeah, the more I grow up, I kind of, I, I try to identify with that kind of logic more and more is that it's, it's so much easier to, to try and accept something in, in anything than it is to almost just dig this like hole of, no, I hate this. So I'm throwing it down in there. And well, well, why did you not like it? I don't know. It didn't feel good to me, but why? 
if you can have a reason to not liking something, I think it's totally valid too. And even Absolutely. if that, it just doesn't speak to me, that's fine. Uh, yeah, I just, I want to, moving forward in my life, I just want to kind of view everything as like music without prejudice. Like there's, there's nothing that you can't take from any kind of music. Yeah, I, I totally, yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. That's, that's amazing, you know? And I think even, even from when I was in college with you, from, from, from those moments when we were hanging out pretty much consistently <laughs> till now, you know, I've, I've changed my musical vision a lot. And it's, it's, I think it's amazing. It's really cool. Like, um, someone who I, yeah. oh, you go ahead, man. You go ahead. Sorry. I, uh, I interrupted you. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just like that growing type of thing is just a natural part of the way we live. And I don't think that like anything that we are a part of is, uh, is, uh, Oh, the word's gone from me. Just no part of us can be untouched by that. Like whether it's our tastes in music or even our tastes in food, just the more we experience, the more we broaden our horizons, the more we can grow. Totally. Absolutely. Have you ever heard of a singer-songwriter named uh, Nick Drake? No, I haven't. So uh, apparently, I, I don't know where, who told me this, but he is a singer-songwriter from like the 60s or something like that. Um, okay. Uh, born in 48 and died in 74. And he had like, he was a beautiful, just him and an acoustic guitar, singer-songwriter stuff. And I, I, I honestly was never really into that stuff growing up at all. And I listen to some of his stuff. This is pure genius. It's beautiful music. You, you should check it out. It's really, really good. It's now on my list. Absolutely, man. Well, this kind of dives into the next, next question. Is um, Every artist has faced obstacles when, when, they're, when they're even upcoming. When, sorry, when they're like growing as an artist. And when they're finally getting into whatever industry they're getting into they've they faced obstacles themselves individually or like societal obstacles with musicians and artists and i just wanted to see if you want to talk about any of your like big obstacles in your artistic experience yeah no absolutely um ah, it might be hard to bring some to the forefront i just uh i've led Honestly, I won't lie, I've led quite a privileged life in that I didn't have many obstacles to to overcome. I did, like, I have a super supportive family. Um, of course, the initial obstacle of, like, telling everyone you know, like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be a musician. And then they go, oh, okay, but what are you going to do for work? Like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make this work. And that still happens from time to time the i don't know what what may have been an obstacle to me before might have just been uh like a temporary road bump that actually sent me someplace better uh i had applied at the u of a a couple times um before and i'd gotten rejected and after i think like the second or third time i was just like no i'm gonna go to red deer and at that point in time, I was kind of like, okay, second best, whatever. But then the Red Deer, like the music scene, the college, everything about it was just like, I wouldn't be the same musician without those experiences now. Um, so yeah, maybe it, it is taking those kind of like roadblocks and, and uh, potholes and such and trying just to kind of delve through them because there's always going to be something better on the other end, I like to think. Totally. That's from my completely privileged perspective. Yeah, that's, that, make, that, make, that makes sense. You know, like everyone has a different perspective on what an obstacle is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and of course, there's always going to be obstacles. Like there's the obstacle of like monetary stuff like how am I going to pay rent uh how am I going to get my base in for its yearly inspection and tune-up how am I going to afford all these strings or ramen or all that jazz (laughs) totally yeah I think you know the 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 amount of obstacles people face as a musician is it's kind of tough and I think the way that you're 
talking about it as in maybe it's not an obstacle maybe it's just a road bump maybe it's just something that this is what's happening to me right now and if i just do what's happening right now then i'll be doing something else that'll happen to me later and i think that's a really interesting and and pretty pretty positive optimistic way of thinking about it which is really really awesome and really inspiring actually yeah yeah well like as you know, I've had like a band of a tattoo band on my arm for probably three years now. And it just says it won't win. And I like to take that into everything. It's like, no matter what, it won't win. So that'll, maybe the other thing will win and maybe that's better or maybe I'll win, but no matter what, just, it's kind of a, a, a way of just saying, I'm going to face things head on and, it hasn't done me wrong yet. <laughs> so I guess it's something that, yeah, that you might as well keep doing. Right, exactly. Absolutely. Well, another cool big question yep. would be... Whoa, sorry. So there's like a huge, big, loud noise happening outside. Okay. So that's, a really, that's really weird. Okay. Sounds like an asteroid is going to come and like hit my house. Okay, well... We'll lose the signal if that happens, but whatever. Yeah, totally. Whoa. This is going to be fun to put in the episode. <laughs> um, well, I guess the next kind of question I have is, um, you know, you, you know that this is true, I'm pretty sure, but, you know, every artist has those creative ruts, right? Yeah, absolutely. So in, in, when you're in those ruts, sometimes, whether that rut might be a physical injury, um, you know, a mental, a mental health thing just something that's going on in your life or just a musical creative rut like how how do you stay creative um yeah uh sometimes i think that it's kind of has to do with changing things up so like if i'm really really feeling like it's it's just not happening or whatnot i'll i'll go for a run which is something that i that i really enjoy doing but like getting everything in my body moving and then I will just sit down and uh, try and make it happen for as long as I can, whether that's writing or whether that's practicing or whether that's like doing translations or trying to get that one riff. It's kind of a, a nose to the grindstone method and that works within practicing, but like being creative um, for lyrics and stuff, like just write down everything just absolutely everything and you'll find some nuggets it's it's really hard to break those cycles but i find that if you kickstart it and kind of get it going you'll burn through a bunch of the jargon in your head and then eventually come out with something usable yeah i i totally i totally agree i, I mean i'm agreeing with so much of your, the stuff that you're saying but it, it totally makes sense you know like i I started feeling uh, recently in the last, like recently as in like the last six months, but just like the, the fact of like, I feel like there's so much music in my brain. Like, how do I get it out of my brain? You know, like I feel like it's, I wouldn't say it was stressing me out, but it was more like, it feels like you're going to explode of musical notes. Like. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There are days where it's just, arias swinging around in my head just the sound of people yelling different notes and you're like this would be great if it could just get out of me absolutely yeah and i i think the, the what you said about just writing everything down is just so good like i started taking my phone and just sitting at my guitar my piano and just like if i hear something i'll just like play it and then record it get it out and then it's like oh i can stop thinking about this now oh totally yeah because then like you have it archived and that's that's almost a blessing in itself even if you don't look at that archive for like two months three months a year one day you will you'll go back to it you'll see it and you'll look at it you'll either be like oh that was a really cool idea or you'll you listen to it and be like well that's just from a nickelback song and there's <laughs> uh and but it was in my head and i got it out and that's what's important exactly even no matter how good or how bad i mean quote unquote good and quote unquote bad you know no matter what it is it, it as long as it's out it's good it's great well oh um, yeah if if you can take something like an old band teacher of mine once said um 
she she'd always start the class by going like you guys are the smartest people in this school which according to the school's records that's certainly not true but by her logic it was because she'd say i can put a piece of paper down in front of you with just ink blots on it you can look at it and through a medium through an instrument turn that into something great there's just so much going on with music that that it uh it just involves all the brain it's it's so incredible yeah i i know what you mean you know you look at it it's like a bunch of lines and a bunch of notes and some more lines and some little squiggly nonsense and you're like this makes no sense and then you yep. just you just you just you understand it and then you you can create something amazing out of it and it's it's actually quite insane how um how beautiful those dots can be oh yeah yeah it's that could be a whole podcast on its own absolutely well the next thing i have for you is uh sustainability like you already talked about like the monetary aspect of being an artist like do you mm. do you find that it's um uh, it's, I don't even know how to word this, but, you know, just talking about, about sustainability and being able to do what you do, like, do you, you know, you know, there's some people that, that can make that money doing just one thing, like playing guitar for whatever they do, right? And there's some people yeah. who have to do so many other things to, to make that work. And so what, what do you think about that? Well, that's kind of why I still play bass and upright bass as much as I can, is that that's one more revenue stream for me. That's one little extra thing that I can do that, that'll help me, whether that's teaching lessons or, or doing a clinic or doing really anything. Um, it's good to be multifaceted because then if that one thing happens to go away, then, then you have those backups. And that's just kind of safe because like, in terms of sim singing, like, I can't sing all day. It's physically impossible. I'll get, my voice will get tired, and then it'll, then I, I'll just end up hurting it. And that's the same thing with your fingers and everything, too. Um, so that sustainability, I think, goes, goes further into just, like, money matters and into, like, doing the best to keep yourself at a level that you can do this forever, and that's learning the right way, you know, going slow, using a metronome, uh, making sure your technique's fine, and, and all that jazz. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the idea, I, I think, you know, the idea of doing, of pursuing so many different routes is, is really important. And like, I mean, obviously doing this podcast is one of them because I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a journalist. I'm not a pod, I'm not, I mean, I'm a podcaster technically now, but I'm I'm not yeah, a yeah. I'm not a journalist. I'm just a a guitar player, who who, you know, doesn't play as much guitar as he used to. No, totally, and that's totally fine. Um, I think that now is the best time, and whether it's essential to this time, but like now's the best time to be doing that kind of stuff because like everything is just made so simply. You can like the most basic program you can record a whole album on audacity. It would be awful. Don't do it. Um, uh, yeah. Shout out to audacity for ruining so many songs that I've recorded. Um, <laughs> Dude, actually, can I also do that same shout out? Because audacity has also ruined approximately 30 songs that I've written. Uh, just it's so free. But so almost good. It's, uh, it's so, it's so I close. Yeah, the people who know how to use it are masterminds, but I, I can't and I won't. I'm not going to learn. Um, oh, I've lost my train of thought. Um, pursuing different avenues and different routes. And right, right, right. Yeah, it's... Uh, well, yeah, and now it's like the perfect time to be doing all these things. Everything's so easy to make, like a decent podcasting setup could probably break you down at $300 at like a higher end for, for everything you need. Absolutely. And yeah. Would, yeah. And just, but there's like, like the app we're using now where you're in a different province and I'm here and we can get this thing done. It's now's the time. And like so many people are on YouTube every day. 
Uh, Instagram has seemed to be a new way to get things done too. Instagram just taking off. I know, I know. It blows my mind, and I'm so behind on the times. <laughs> I was at a concert, and the people were like, "Tag us in your Instagram stories, and you could win a T-shirt." And I was like, "I want to do that, but I don't know how to do that." <laughs> I want the T-shirt so bad. I, I tried. I don't know if I did it right. I, I think I might have just messaged them. I really don't know. <laughs> oh, my. But you're right. Like, now now with technology, now is the time to – we're able to do all these different things, and it doesn't cost us a million dollars. And it's really – that's really – we're really fortunate. Oh, we're super fortunate. Super fortunate. And, I mean, it's almost like a new renaissance. Like, it's – like kids are not growing up now being like, Oh, I want to be a doctor so I can make a lot of money. It's now they want to be what they like, like, because somehow if they work hard enough, they know that they can get to a point where they can just be comfortable and do what they love. And that's not working a day in your life. Like, Totally. I, I totally agree. You know, there, there isn't, we're not at a point now where people have to do a certain thing because they know that certain thing makes money. If we're at a point where, where every, we know everything can make money, so we're just going to do what we want. Yeah, in, in one way or another, there's, there's a hundred different things that, that you could do with your set of skills that would get you, like that would, there's a hundred different things that you can do with your set of skills that are doing the thing you love that can get you paid. And not to make it like, oh, money's always the bottom line, but like, if you love what you're doing and you're getting paid for it, then isn't that the dream? It really is. It really is. To be the total dreamer that I that I hope to be, it's just it, it's it's as simple as that. I yeah, I couldn't agree more. Well, yeah. Let's let's dive into the next. We got the I got like two questions for you. That's it. Cool. All so. Right. Um, the, the second one, the second last one is something that, that I, I feel pretty strongly about now. Um, and I, I have for a long time, but it's more like um, backlash within our industry and stereotypes within our industry. And um, have you ever faced some of those like stereotypical like music stereotypes? And how, how did you kind of like, how, how do you feel about those? Do you think they exist for like, obviously those stereotypes kind of unfortunately exist f- for a reason, but do you think they, they need to exist anymore? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, stereotypes exist and they exist for a reason. And, um, like, unfortunately, up until this time, it's it's been a fairly, like, white male-dominated industry. Yeah. That sucks. But we're finding that across a board of almost everything at this point. So, and luckily, no, I haven't been... I haven't had to face any of those myself. Um, uh, I've been around uh, some of them where like a guy, uh, a guy I knew got like me too'd or like he was called out for his actions. And as much as like there there was too much evidence for it to not seem true. Um, So there, the, being around stuff like that, then you need to make your choice of like, where do I ultimately stand on this line? And I, you have to stick to it. Like we can't be wiggly washy on this stuff. Also, cause some of it's just basic. Like every human is a human who deserves to be treated as a human. And we just keep going from there. Um, yeah. I think the furthest I've ever gotten in like being discriminated in, is that someone was just like, oh, you pick bass because you're lazy. Uh, Which is not the case. But, uh, well, kind of. But <laughs> it was cheaper. Had less strings. <laughs> um, True. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I haven't, I've been fortunate enough not to be a part of much backlash. But uh, just, I think it's important to know as yourself personally, what it is that you would believe in and then to stand up to that and also try to see the two sides of every coin. 
an enlightened conversation can get so much further than any kind of yelling match. So like, just don't be confrontational and own up if you've done something awful. I, I couldn't yeah. agree more, you know, like the, our industry it has been filled with, with stereotypes for so long. And it's, it's, um, it's something that I think as, as a young musician, I think we have the ability to be aware and to, to face, to face change, you know, to, to own up to people who treat other people a certain way. And you, you know, we, we are going to spark that change. I think that's really important. And you know what? The best thing that, that I took out of what you said, the whole part of it, is that we're all just humans trying to make music. We're all just humans. Like, nobody should be denied the right to, to create beautiful music. And it's, yeah. Oh, it's, totally. It's, and, like, at the end of the day, when this kind of stuff happens, it kind of boils down, well, to a multitude of things, but, like, to ego, and like, it, yeah, it's kind of, it kind of sucks when someone comes up and, and they're better than you, but like, use that fuel. Yeah. Not to spite them, but just my favorite thing is when someone comes up and shows me something that I can't do. And then I just go, I, I'm going to go learn that now because I gotta just, I know it's a very base bones view on it all, but like, it's. It would just be such a better place if the ego could get out of music and we could all just focus on being musicians who like to make music. I, I couldn't agree more. That's such, a, yeah. such an amazing mindset. And I, I you know, I, I kind of, I'm inspired by people who have that mindset. So that's, that's just really awesome to hear from someone who's not myself talking to myself, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, because we all have these hundreds of thousands of conversations in our heads every day. Absolutely. So I got, yeah, I got, yeah, I got one last question for you, and it's it's a little tricky, but I want you to, to try and uh, and and answer it as best as you can. And okay. so it's um, why do you continue to create art and to create music? Okay. Well, I mean, like first and foremost, I'm not really good at much else. <laughs> I've, I've tried a lot of jobs and I hate a lot of jobs through retail and like food industry and manual labor jobs and the trades. Um, I think it's kind of just by holding on to those moments where I know like infallibly that I am doing the right thing. Like when I get off the stage after performing and I've got that like, totally sick adrenaline and I'm just like, I'm upset because I missed up that one word, but I get off the stage and I forget it all immediately. And it's just like, I did that. That was incredible. That was amazing. And I just, the reason I'll keep doing that is to hopefully be that kid in the crowd that I was years ago and see that someone perform and just have it light a spark in them. If if I can do that to even one person, the whole journey's been worth it. Absolutely, that's that's amazing. That's a that's a great answer. You know, that's that's what it's all about. I mean, you know? It's, it's kind of corny. It's kind of cheesy, but like I believe that to the depths of my soul. That if through my music I can get one other person to just like music a little bit more then I've done my job and everything's been worth it. Absolutely, man. Well, thank you for doing this pod, this episode with me, this interview. It's been really, it's been a real joy. We haven't talked in a long time. And so it's actually kind of cool yeah. to just spark a conversation yes. with these big, big world questions. It, it was really, really fun talking to you. Yeah, you too, man. Yeah, this has been great. Absolutely. Well, I'll let you get back to practicing and working for your next opera show or whatever you're doing and uh we'll talk soon yeah absolutely dude all right dude sounds good awesome bye. okay bye well everybody i really hope you enjoyed listening to the interview with connor he's such a wholesome person and i had a great time talking to him he just wants 
people to feel the emotion that music can bring and he does everything in his power to to bring that to the people he performs to and to bring that to himself and that's such a beautiful thing and I, I can't wait for him to do more of that over the course of his entire career. Huge shout out to everybody who's listening to this podcast. You guys are the reason why I do what I do and why I'm continuing to do this podcast. Originally, it's just for me, but I, I do love to put this kind of stuff out just for you. It's really interesting to listen to everybody's journey and their artistic experience and maybe even not their artistic experience, maybe just their human experience. That's such a beautiful thing to me and I um, I love to talk about it and I love to hear other people's stories and that's the reason I do this. It's really fun for me and I really hope it's fun for you. Shout out to all of my patrons on my Patreon page. Uh, you guys are the reason why I'm able to do this. You know, the support from you guys is unreal. I'm, I just couldn't thank you guys enough. All six of my patrons right now, they're so great. I love every single one of you guys. Um, and shout out to Connor for doing this interview. You know, there's so many shout outs I could do, but I think that's, uh, I've covered the grand scheme. This podcast is available on all streaming platforms, so whatever platform you're listening to this on, thank you so much for listening. We're on the big three, Google, Spotify, Apple, as well as a lot of third-party softwares, and of course, Anchor.fm, the software that I use to record this podcast. And one final note, I just want to thank you guys again for taking the time to listening to this podcast. You're again, you are the reason why I do this, and it's really fun for me to be able to express myself in a different way. And I couldn't do this without all of you, so thank you so much. If you have any questions about this, feel free to send me any sort of message on any sort of platform you can possibly think of uh, Instagram, Facebook, on Anchor as a voice recording, um, through my website, on my Patreon page, all this fun stuff. I can't wait to get in contact with you, I can't wait to listen to your questions, and I can't wait to just take this and run with it as long as I can. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Artist Files.